World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. This is episode 199, the penultimate podcast in a a limited series of 200 episodes. Uh, This is also actually the final time I will be recording. So up top, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Thank all of my past guests. Uh, I'm going to read all of their names now in a row very slowly, and that's going to be the whole episode. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, the list of them is available, of course, on my website at weaponizedlanguage.com. Uh, that's a weird way to say it. This is a weird one. It's a weird show, and I'm weird at doing it. I'm glad I'm, I don't have to do it anymore, because it was just sort of a fun uh, goof that I was like, one time, like, hey, wouldn't it be... I thought of the name, and then our D&D group was not playing one day, so I was like, to two of the people, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? And then we did it. And then I did uh, nine, uh, 198 more <laughs> of them. Uh, so, ooh, excuse me, that's this show. And if you listen to this show, there's another show you should probably listen to. Uh, it's about horror movies, and it Similarly, has a very good title that's a pun, and another one I wish I had thought of. So, uh, you can, I'm not just bringing, that's not just a non sequitur. I'm not just bringing that up out of nowhere. Uh, I have, happen to have one of the hosts of that show. Please welcome one of the Halloweeners himself, Cody Derricks. It's me, one of the Halloweeners. Yep. Uh, the other Halloweener is a very busy person who yes. does not be here, and that's fine because I prefer editing single guest episodes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's much easier for me. Uh, we are here to discuss a story that Cody brought that we are referring to as the Ryan thread because it was a thread for on Twitter. For lack of anything else, title-wise. Exactly. Uh, it was a thread on Twitter by someone named Ryan at the uh, Twitter handle Lust for Love, where that first L is actually a capital I. Um, and this thread is about this person's experience. I'm pretty sure a teenager, because on their new account they are talking about having just gotten to college. Um, and their experience in some uh, middle-aged lady's haunted house. So, Cody, will you walk us through what happens in this weird tale and then your experience with finding it? Okay, so this is the story of a person named Ryan, and they, in a very Gen Z Twitter voice kind of way, start out by expressing their excitement that their neighbor seemed to just doesn't say how, but approach them to, in some way and ask them to dog sit. And this person then goes over to look at the house with the owner before 
you know, they leave and this owner is giving them a little bit of a creepy feeling. I mean, the house has no lights, it seems like. And the owner who never gets a name is this old lady in her 40s who lives by herself. And as the narrator says, they're kind of like work, but also creepy. And, um, the dog is kept in a cage and there's all these locked doors and she's very Trumpy. At one point, she starts complaining about Black Lives Matter, the owner of the house, and the the writer of the story is definitely getting a terrible vibe, but they're still like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take this woman's money and then never see her again and hopefully give this dog, you know, one good night in his life. And so this person goes to the house the night of, and a lot of spooky-ooky stuff happens. Like, again, locked doors all over the place. There's no lights in the house. One room has just a doll by itself sitting in the dark. Uh, there's uh, an old-timey radio in the bedroom that's just playing static. There's supposed noises at the door, and all of this is expressed through very spooky, low-resolution iPhone videos and photos, which is, I think, the spookiest way to tell a story. It's just, like, horrifying. Yeah, before we, get, before we even it get kind to, of like, ends uh, unceremoniously. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, before we yeah. even get to the actual night of the haunting, there's, uh, like, every tweet has a reaction image, uh, and they all seem to be, like, the same woman from, I'm guessing, uh-huh. some reality show. Yeah, let me take a look. I can probably guess. Yeah. It, <laughs> I think she's a, um, uh, a, a mob wife of some sort, some yeah, sort of housewife, I, perhaps. I would have guessed a real housewife if I had to guess. Uh, there's a couple in there that seem to be a different person, but it's all this, uh... This, like, 50-something uh, lady with black yes. hair and, and uh, a severe look. Um, I believe she's from Mob Wives, if, I, if my internet memory tells me correctly. Okay. Uh, but that is not important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, it's not. Uh, I got, like, the, the, what's it called? Archive of the thread. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I think it's incomplete. Um, because I feel like it was not finished uh, at the time when Wayback Machine grabbed it. But it was all in screen caps on, like, a YouTube video that I think yes. will be linked in the post here. Um, this seems almost like a precursor to, uh, what's it called, Dear David? Dear David was the exact comparison I was going to make. I don't know which one came first, but it's definitely that type of Twitter <laughs> scary story. Yeah, yeah, this was... Um, August 2017, and I think Dear David was, like, January 2018. Um, that went on for a while, though, I feel like, Dear David, so... Yeah, I, I, but I guess you're right, yeah, this one came first. Yeah, we covered Dear David before it was finished, yeah. even though, though it seemed like it was finished. Um, now it's gonna be a movie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's a big thing that's been happening, is a lot of these stories get optioned for movies and For TV really shows. bad movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one that we covered last week was a no sleep story and it got optioned by Ryan Reynolds' studio and it's not on no sleep anymore, I think, because oh. it got optioned. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Gotta keep, keep that exclusivity. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, anyway, the, this story, so, uh, it has the ultimate spooky thing of any story, which is, um, the person telling it posts a picture of something, and then uh, someone in the like replies notices something spooky about it. 
Oh, that's the best. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I uh, love that part. Yeah, they notice that the doll's head has moved between the pictures. <laughs> yeah, um, that's 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 the moment that I'm like, wait a minute. This I don't know. <laughs> this is this is feeling I don't want to say real cuz like, you know, ghosties, oh, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's in all likelihood was this person having a little bit of fun with us, but uh I think they did a very good job with it. Um and it just goes to show you the power of teenagers. Um how did you how did you come across this thing? You know, I don't remember. I think it literally was just bouncing around Twitter and I found it because I di- I I remember reading it on Twitter. Like I read the Twitter thread. I didn't find it from that video first and now you can't even find it on Twitter because the account was suspended. Yeah. But I don't yeah, I don't remember the exact um the origins in my life of this story, but I remember really just enjoying the ride. It's short and fun. Which are the two best things for a scary movie and or a story in general? Yeah, it's it's got like it's got a lot going for it, which is like a nice little um, what's it called? Uh, narrative like the narrative voice is strong, the authorial yes, uh, voice. yes. Um, well, because it starts with a very uh, again like a Gen Z Twitter voice, you know. And the funny thing about watching that the video that kind of recaps it that I sent to you is that this <laughs> very low-spoken male narrator who has like a spooky youtube channel has to say things like oh my god and uh, one of my followers all these you know twitter language things that make the story seem even more authentic when you're reading it which is kind of again it lends that air of believability to it yeah the guy reading it does a very funny job because he has this yes. very <laughs> serious tone and cuts out all of the swears mm-hmm. um I sort of like the interactivity of this type of story. Like, we've covered um, the the modern epistolary uh, horror story on the show in the past quite a bit. Uh, Candle Cove is one of those. Um, oh, yeah. Ted the Caver is another one. Um, but this one, it's like this and Dear David have that aspect of they're happening in real time. So there's like a little bit of back and forth, which is like, way more interesting and something that you can't really do with traditional media. Right, because it puts the reader, if you're reading it in real time, into the story. You become a character in a way. Yeah, exactly. It's, you're you're witnessing something. Um, like, even more so than found footage uh, stuff, because you can sort of point out and interact, and uh, it, it almost puts me in the mind of something like Lonely Girl 15. Oh, um, yeah. Because that was, like, the first, I don't even know what, like, viral, semi-real YouTube thing. Um, it was one of the earliest, the way I put it is that it, like, used the foundations and the, this is going to sound insane, but, like, mise-en-scene of internet storytelling, in this case, YouTube, to make it seem more authentic and to kind of blair witch the audience into believing that it's real which is not a new technique in any sort of horror storytelling you know it goes all the way back to like orson wells doing war of the worlds but it is always effective yeah exactly it's like i people want to point to different like things as oh the first whatever but like this stuff's generational. Yeah, you have that. Oh yeah, you have that War of the Worlds radio play. Then you have in the seventies, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, where the producers all got arrested because everyone thought it was real. Um, I love that. And then uh, Blair Witch, uh, certainly, 
where the characters are named after the actors, and the actors were, like, contractually forbidden from doing public appearances in promotion. It's, like... Paranormal activity. Paranormal activity, right. Where the credits are like one little screenshot and then the movie's over. Like, really trying to be at that authentic feeling. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I, I, I like when people really buy into the authenticity even more. Like with, um, I, 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 Blair Witch and, and this for sure. Uh, I almost liked, what was it? The Sacrament, which was a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie's pretty good. That was the Jonestown-esque one? Yes, exactly. I did like that one, and that was also, it was mockumentary. Yeah, the only thing that bugged me about it is it had opening credits that broke the, um, fiction. Yeah. Um, but, like, they set it up like a Vice documentary, and then did opening credits like a normal movie. And I'm like, hmm, should have done those fake Vice opening credits, though. Oh, Yeah. But the cool thing about this, like, or this, for example, this Twitter thread, you know, whether it's more authentic than it seems or not, they don't have to do any of those sort of, uh, the, 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 the things you have to do in other storytelling forms. You know, in, in a book, there's a copyright page. On the radio, there's commercials, all that sort of stuff. This, you can just throw onto Twitter and have it be spooky by itself. Yeah, exactly. And then you never find out, like, was this person having some sort of, experience that they couldn't explain or was this um something that they did like intentionally um and i think that the the smoking gun is sort of the the doll head that like, the doll head right either something was going on that they weren't privy to or they were they were doing a, a fun prank um but yeah, the the doll head thing makes me think fun fun prank because I feel like if someone else was in the house moving the doll head, this person would have been murdered for sure. Murdered, they'd be dead. Yeah. yeah, because that's the only moment in the story besides just you know spooky noise outside, which could be anything that is seemingly supernatural. The rest are just there's no lights on in this house. She's a Republican. There's nails <laughs> under the bed. Yeah, all scary things. But the doll is the one extra realistic thing. Yeah, what I like about this is it because it's just so tossed out there, just like a fun Twitter thread, um, there's much less artifice around it than a lot of creepypastas. Like, there's no hyper-realistic blood or eyes that felt too real or any of the, like, garbage that you get from someone being like, ooh, I need to make sure my story does really well on no sleep or... Right, uh, or somebody, no. like, pulling out the thesaurus. Like, this has no pretensions about seeming uh, well-made, <laughs> which yeah. sounds mean, but it is well-made. It's it's good. Yeah, it comes across as more authentic because of that lack of pretense, which is good. Exactly. Uh, it's, like... I think hasty would be a, a, a like less judgmental way to put it, I guess. Um, yeah, because it feels like they don't care if anybody, if this goes viral or not. It's not like, I need your help. It's just like this crazy thing that's happening, which, again, gives it a little bit more of an air of authenticity. Yeah, yeah, they're not necessarily uh, creating it with an eye on, like, being a writer. They're just, like, trying to have fun with their followers. And uh, it worked. It's very fun. Yeah. And I, I like that, because we've had a lot of stories on here where, like, the ones that people think, oh, is this real? And they're passing it around, and the ones where you you Google the title, the, like, third autocomplete is real? 
Uh, <laughs> those, for the most part, were not created by people who were trying to trick anyone. Uh, like, Slenderman was, the guy who made Slenderman was not trying to trick anybody. The guy who wrote Candle Cove was not trying to trick anybody. They just were, like, creating this thing for fun, and it took on a life of its own. Um, whereas I, I sort of like about this one, where there's a mystery to it, and, uh, the, the total lack of knowing what the author's intention was, because we don't really have access to them as, like, a public figure. Right, because it also just ends. Like, mm-hmm. they stop tweeting, and then it says, Woo, scariest night of my life. I don't know if you guys ever believe me. I don't really want to talk about it. Which maybe is just the creativity train ran its course. But it's it does give it a sense of, like, oh, this wasn't planned. This is just something that's happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, with Dear David, Adam Ellis is an established cartoonist. And, like exactly. you mentioned, it was sold as a movie. So, or maybe that was before we started the show. Ooh. Uh, but, like, this one, there's not gonna be a movie deal from this. This person is, doesn't care. They're just like, whatever, that was a Twitter thread I did in high school. And the original thread doesn't even technically exist anymore, not in a way we can look at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, what is the spookiest part of this story for you? Uh... I mean, I, the spookiest part to pin down is probably the doll's head moving. I mean, that's just, that's just fun, especially in the video, which I, I hope you'll link to in some way, but it's, it, it has a side by side photo of the doll in the two moments and the head has clearly moved. It is, you know, yeah. it is, it is apparent. And I like that, like you said, one of her followers is one of the, or one of their followers, uh, is the one who points it out. You know, somebody comments, sis, the head moved, which, <laughs> Is hilarious yeah. in its own way, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I just also love in general the just the the spooky uh, veneer of the whole thing. I mean, I've been in old people's houses with scary Republican books who don't turn the lights on. Like it's a real thing, and it's capturing that kind of fear. Yeah, it's it's got that like it's the modernization of your Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hills Have Eyes type of like hillbilly family, um, and uh, we. Like the, I think the spookiest moment for me, uh, which also ties into that vibe is, uh, so we talk and she tells me about how she's hired people before and they've poisoned her dog and she had to deal with them. Yep. Um, <laughs> and that sort of like that, that tipping point where you realize that you're talking to someone who is, uh, maybe not entirely there is very, uh, very frightening to me because, uh, Ryan has clearly gotten too far in at this point to back out, uh, but also, like, has definitely reached a point where it would be a good idea to back out. Yeah, and the thing about the that being established so early in the, if we're looking at this in a literary context, in the story of the thread, is that brings it from a place of, oh, she's just weird, or, you know, who knows, to a place of malice and threat, which makes it even spookier. Yeah, exactly. It's like now it's now it's a dangerous situation and not just right. for that poor dog who's locked up. No. Um, I'm glad we got to see the dog though. <laughs> There's yeah. one tiny little video where the dog's walking around. Yeah, that uh that like added an extra creep factor to me because like if it's all made up then like that like what's the deal with that, that dog? dog? Yeah. That, like I'm thinking that a lot of this stuff like the at least dog sitting for the neighbor part is real, and like maybe Ryan's just trying to have fun with it. Sure. Um, but or maybe somebody's living in that locked basement and they have access to the house somehow. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the that's the worst possible scenario. Yeah, or like this this MAGA lady didn't go on vacation at all. Right. This is her one by one way to take down the young libs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like we didn't get the tweets where Ryan stopped at a gas station on the way, and some old crazy guy was like, "Ooh, don't go down that road. You're going the wrong way." <laughs> uh, it's uh, delightful. Um, do we have anything else to say about this one? Let me say. Oh, what do you what do you make of the nails under the bed? Yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to be. I feel like Ryan just found the nails under the bed and yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, this is pretty spooky." Uh, you know, those hoarder houses are very like. Um, there is just stuff like that, like yeah, that's true. Uh, just you know, somebody dropped the toolbox and some nails spilled mm-hmm. under the bed, and they don't clean under there, so those nails just live there now. I have this weird shadow of a memory from when this thread came out. Maybe it was a comment in the actual thread or something, but somebody pointed out that that could have something to do with some sort of conjuring or spell casting. But I, I don't. If anybody listens to my podcast, they know that we at Halloweeners have a distaste for witches being the surprise villain in the story because it's, you know, an actually uh, moniker used to persecute women throughout history. But at the same time, if this story is just, you know, being told by this teenager, that's very possible. I, I also got that vibe from the, uh, the moment in the beginning of the story when the old lady is like talking to her about the house and it says she keeps insisting on, uh, keeping her hand on a part of my body as uh, she talks to me, whether it's my hand or my shoulder. And that kind of gave me the vibes of, I don't know if you saw the new Suspiria, but there's one scene where somebody puts a spell on somebody else by like touching their hands and feet. Mm. So maybe that's kind of subtly what they're going for. But again, I don't like the witches are bad trope in general. I think it's kind of lazy. Yeah, I think the, the nails bring... To- also, no witches would be a Republican in real life. They just wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the nails bring to mind to me, like... Iron nails being uh, something that keeps away like fey creatures, uh, like elves or or uh, brownies or what what have you. Oh yeah, okay. Um, and uh, I don't think that those na- those nails just look like normal like steel nails. I don't necessarily right. They just escape the vacuum or something. Yeah, uh, it's but like that. That's what I I think of when when I think of nails and spooky things is. Uh, not necessarily, uh, not, like, malicious witchcraft, but, like, something designed to keep spirits at bay type of witchcraft. Okay, yeah. Uh, but also, maybe just a, a happy coincidence with the nails under the bed. Um, I, I know we didn't touch on, like, every single tweet in the thread, but I, I feel like if people want to, they're, like, know the full story. Uh, I think that we've run out of things to say about this. Anyway, if people want to read the thread, then the video will be linked, and if they don't want to read the thread, that's fine, too, because it's... We covered almost every inch of it. Yeah, it's, like, I, I, at this point, I think that anyone who doesn't want to, uh, read the stories isn't going to anyway, and they're just listening to hear me and someone else talk for a little bit. And this is your last chance, so if you made it this far without reading it, yeah, don't change is, your ways now. Yeah, don't... <laughs> I if, guess. You, if you've Actually, this is... If you've read all 200 stories, uh, then this is the time that I reveal it was all an ARG. Ooh. Uh, for the new... Hmm, it's a franchise that needs to come back. 
Paranormal Activity. Uh, Cloverfield. Oh, yeah. It's a new Cloverfield Paranormal Activity crossover, and it's a TV series on uh, um, Pluto TV. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Going for that. They couldn't get that Hulu money. or <laughs> The big Pluto money. Uh-huh, they want that big. Uh, or what is what is the, the Walmart exclusive one? Like Vubi or something? Oh, there's Voodoo. There's Tubi. There's Hoopla. They all got silly names. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is exclusively on Facebook Watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway, that's all we have to say about this one. Cody, tell me about your things and where the people can reach you. Okay, I am all over the internet. Basically, if you search Cody Monster 91 on any sort of platform, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, I guess, uh, Letterboxd for my movie reviews. I review movies online with Next Best Picture. And like Jeff mentioned, I am one of the two co-hosts of Halloweeners, a horror movie podcast, where my good friend Kira and I go through one horror movie per episode. We try to switch it up between decades and countries, and we do our best not to have them all be white people movies. But, you know, um, so follow us on Halloweeners Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and we're on basically every podcast uh, catcher you could listen to. Give us a listen. Yeah, you should do that. Uh, very good energy over there. That's a Thank you. nice one. It's very, very silly over there, but also sometimes smart. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I've had, like, in... <laughs> in my mind, uh, absolutely not real competitive feeling of like, oh my god, <laughs> oh yeah, we got to get that hereditary episode out. Uh, we got yeah, you called us out on the midsummer episode. <laughs> yeah, we got to get that midsummer <laughs> because you did beat us to that one. Gotta, yeah, because I saw you like I recorded the hereditary one before you, but you guys got it out first, so mm-hmm. I uh, I wanted to get the midsummer one out right away. Um, well, now we're even. Yeah, now we're even because my show's <laughs> over and yours is still happening. <laughs> Uh, you can find me in all the usual places, uh, mastodon.cloud slash at JK. Uh, I guess you can follow the show on Twitter, even though it doesn't exist anymore. Keep it in your feeds, because I'm going to drop all those Patreon exclusives in there. Uh, I also have some planned treats for Halloween time and other spooky seasons, Friday the 13th and whatnot. Um, you can follow me on Snapchat and Instagram. I'm JeffJK on both of those. Go listen to my other show, Hack the Net. You can find that at weaponizedlanguage.com. Um, that's that's it for this one. It's been it's been real. I've I've been having a normal one out here for God, has it been four years? Is that how long two hundred episodes is? Yeah, almost four years doing this show. And it's been a real thrill through a couple format changes and some experimentation and uh, a lot of different guests. It's uh, taught me a lot, uh, but not nearly enough about how to produce audio because I'm still not good at it. Uh, but better than I was. Still can't figure out how to get the recording software to <sighs> give me like a full range of audio recording without clipping. But you know, it is what it is. We'll all survive. That's uh, that's that's it for this one. Uh, goodbye and thank you to all the creeps out there.